Welcome to another episode of Tipsy Ball. We're a group of high school friends who start our podcast to do our two favorite things, drink and talk basketball. Fellas, the regular season is done. We are officially in the playoffs. You guys excited? Hell yeah, man. This is what we've been waiting for all season, right? Exactly. This is where the real basketball starts. I'm sure Laker Nation is uh, doing all right. I can't say the same for Clipper Nation, though. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, what? Why? The let's Clippers be, are let's, doing, let's, let's be honest, doing just you know, fine. Clippers try to duck the Lakers. And they, <laughs> they, had, they wanted to lose the last two games so that they no, didn't no, have to no. the Lakers. Let's be honest, Phil. No, okay. think about it. Anything that the Clippers did those last two games wouldn't have changed the fact that they would, they would have played the Lakers. Well, let's just say this, you know, most likely, okay, we'll, we'll, and we'll get into it, but, you know, let's say the Lakers get the seventh seed, right? Like, you're, you're not supposed, well, a team like the Clippers should not even be losing to Houston or OKC, let's be honest. Yeah, but I think if you, if you think about it in terms of their path, what is more beneficial for them? Correct, correct. You know, but, so so it doesn't really matter about if it's ducking the Lakers or not, it's about what's most beneficial for their path uh in the playoffs and that's yeah. just smart basketball that's a lot of teams do this every single season so yeah. the fact that people are saying oh the clippers did it man every single team or not every single team but a lot of teams do this every single year so <laughs> i don't know what people are talking about it's all right luca magic they, they gonna... just want they just want something to talk about i guess <laughs> luca magic's gonna shit on playoff B. oh man just Whoa. like he did last season <laughs> <laughs> it's okay it's okay um they did not show up when they're up 3-1 against the nuggets right so um you know it is what it is but we'll see we'll see hey, it's if a special it season special season last year guys do not fear hey it's a special season for everybody last year <laughs> but uh before we get right into it, we definitely have a lot to talk about today obviously with uh the play-in game starting tomorrow guys um but before we do that and if you guys want to get your drink of choice and for our, our listeners you guys are always more than welcome to join us and uh drink whatever you guys like it can be you know hard alcohol wine beer you know anything of your choice but if you guys want to follow with us um, always appreciative of you guys listening uh let's get a cheers 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 guys cheers cheers, cheers, cheers. Guys. cheers to the playoffs let's get a great great finish here for the next couple months Oh, oh that, that went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> oh. All right, fellas. Well, yeah, we this is the first edition of the play. Well, actually, we did have the play-in tournament last year, but it got expanded this year to have uh, up to the 10th seed. So in the Eastern Conference, we have the 7th seed Celtics versus the 8th seed Wizards. And then we have the 9th seed Pacers and the 10th seed Hornets going at it. And then for the Western Conference, we have the 7th seed Lakers, 8th seed Warriors, and the 9th seed Grizzlies, and the 10th seed the Spurs. Um, as you guys know, um, it's already been uh, set in stone where the Lakers-Warriors matchup is, is, is the game to, game to watch on mm-hmm. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock p.m. on ESPN. Um, yeah, let's, let me start with our, uh, uh, our fanatic Laker fan here in Henry. 
Henry, it's LeBron versus Steph again. You know, we've had a, uh, a lot of that when LeBron was with Cleveland. Um, a lot of epic battles uh, back and forth between them. Um, I First of all, before we get into this matchup, do you believe teams were trying to avoid the Lakers before it was all said and done in the regular season? <laughs> yeah, like the Clippers, dude. If you're if you're any team and you have to face the Lakers, even if they're the seventh seed, from the seven and eight that an eight seven eight nine ten spot teams that can potentially make it in, mm-hmm. you do not want to face the Lakers. Like that is the one team that if if they're healthy and they're ready to go, and you have the best player in the world in LeBron James. <laughs> Uh yeah, I I would definitely not want to be facing them in any first round matchup. So, yeah, I, I, I they probably any team any team in the West was probably trying to try to strategize and make sure that they're not going to face LeBron. Ain't it funny though? Like, uh, your your prize for being the number one and two seed for the Jazz and the Suns, you know, potentially have to verse the Lakers, right? And. Um, usually when you're the number one or two seed, you have a pretty easy first round matchup. But in this case, where the Lakers be the seventh or the eighth seed, um, mm-hmm. th- those two teams will definitely, unfortunately, this year will have a tough time uh, matching up with them. But uh, yeah, I think, I, I'm uh, sure I'm sure teams are wishing like the Lakers were like maybe in the five, six yep, yep, spot. The but yeah, but uh, <laughs> maybe this will work out for us in the end. As a as a non Laker, non biased fan over here, Phil, do you think it was better for the Lakers to be in this playing tournament, just knowing that they have had a lot of injuries, not a lot of not a lot of rhythm with everybody being healthy? Do you think going into the playoffs, this is actually better for them? Um, no, not really. Um, especially if they only play one game, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think a difference between having one more game under your belt. As opposed to you know having a, an extra day or two to rest, mm-hmm. um, you know I don't think that really helps them in any way uh, or hurts them really unless somebody gets injured in that game. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about the X's and O's, fellas, for this game. Lakers Warriors, right? Um, Lakers are finally fully healthy. He LeBron had a little ankle scare yesterday, but he said he's good to go. Um, Drug him up. <laughs> the <laughs> I want to start with Phil first. In terms of the Warrior standpoint going into this game, what are the keys to victory if the Warriors want to beat the Lakers in this game? So I put some notes together for each one of these matchups, and literally my only note, So for some of these teams, I have like four, five, six notes for each team. Mm -hmm. For the Warriors, literally what I have is (laughs) Gotta be hot as fuck. Like that is the only note. <laughs> so you mean, I have you mean Steph Curry? Yes, Steph, Steph Curry, Curry has putting that. up fifty plus points every night. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like, I mean, the he, whole team has to be hot as. He's fuck. gonna have to put up a hundred points. <laughs> like honestly, like honestly, the only way that the Warriors can win, I think, if the Lakers are you know trying their hardest, is that. First of all, I think from the Lakers side, what they're going to do is obviously try to take the ball out of Steph's hands, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think any any you know team that, that's good is going to have that strategy to take the ball out of his hands, 
you know, usually in that case, he passes out to one of the guys, like usually Draymond Green, and then mm-hmm. leaves it up to Draymond Green to kind of make the decision yeah, for that hockey pass, right? Yep. Yeah, so... I mean, in some games, that's worked out well, uh, where the Warriors, other guys are hitting shots, right? Like, such as Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, uh, what's, the, what's, what's the other guy? Kelly Oubre, but he's not going to be playing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, you know, all the other guys, Mulder, Jordan Poole, uh, Kent Bazemore. So mm-hmm. none of those guys are good three-point shooters, right? Like, yep. I think you could say maybe... Um, Andrew Wiggins is he shot 38% from three this season, but none of those guys are necessarily like you know, guys that you'd be afraid of, um, from the three point line. So, in that case, like that's why I say like the whole team has to be hot because Mm -hmm. Steph Steph isn't going to get too many opportunities, I think. You know, he 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 will have to pass the ball out a lot, and you know, he might have like 30 35 points. Uh, but you're really going to need another guy like Andrew Wiggins to yeah, have a really, yeah. really, really good game or multiple guys, you know, hit like three or four threes. Um, so, it, you know, it, they can win this game because anything can happen. Right. Yeah. But that really requires a lot of guys making shots. Correct. I agree. Henry, what, what are the keys to victory for the Lakers to come up uh, on top here against the Warriors? I, it's going to be two things, in all honesty. I think the main, the main thing is just pure health. Uh, if LeBron and AD are healthy, then the Warriors, I think, have maybe a 10% chance to upset. <clears throat> if the second factor is going to be how much can we leverage our size in the paint? Because in all honesty, the, I don't think the Lakers are even that much better in terms of three-point percentage either. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, we have more shooters, quote unquote, versus the Warriors, but the level of them actually making open threes when LeBron. Yeah, we're very hot. Most, uh, the Lakers are very hot. Exactly. Cool so sure. I think they're gonna have to leverage. You know, Drummond, AD, mm-hmm. LeBron. I mean, we have size. I mean, the only big players they got that can kind of switch, and the fact that Ubre is, isn't gonna be playing is Wiseman a big loss. Wiseman is out. So I mean, the only defensive players that they really have is Draymond Green and Kevin maybe Looney. Wiggins. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Kevon Looney. Well, um, Looney. Okay, I, I was, <laughs> I was really surprised actually at his age. I just saw this earlier today, and the guy is twenty five. And I know that he hasn't been in the league for too long, but. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's thirty five. Yeah, and he, looks he moves. <laughs> he moves like he's forty. So like, yeah, he has the Greg crazy that he has the Greg Oden. He has the Greg Oden jeans. Oh, XUCLA play right there too, man. Yeah, but yeah, they're, honestly, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to pound it in the paint. Um, and as as and as if they get the open looks, because I think yeah. you know the ball's gonna be in LeBron's hand. Yeah. So yeah. as long as we drain a couple threes, maybe like mm-hmm. twelve to sixteen. I think that's a win, but in all honesty, they're going to have to try and take advantage of our pretty big, lanky lineup and pound it in the paint. Makes sense. Get to the line. Yeah, and I will say, I will say that you know, um, Andrew Wiggins has has surprised me a lot this season in terms of his defense, Mm -hmm. uh, just because he's a lot more engaged this season, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, than we've ever seen him before on that end. 
Um, so, okay, so let's say that he guards LeBron, right? Which yeah. he, he's going to have to. I don't yep. see anybody else unless unless it's Draymond, right? But then They're going to probably that, switch off between those two. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so, but the, okay, so that's the thing. If, if Draymond switches on to LeBron, then you have um, Andrew Wiggins on AD. That's, that's a bad matchup. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, that they're going to have to leverage their height and just size. pound it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's what they're going to have to do is just play the switching game and just continue to pound it. Yeah, and I think that the Lakers, like, even you know, you saw this on the Cavs, too, where LeBron, uh, the battles that they had with them, they always try to hunt Steph, uh, right? So they try to mm-hmm. get that matchup. Um, and so I, I could see them, you know, doing that a lot as well this game to, yeah. try, to, to try to hunt him. Yeah, uh, the ball the out of his head. Yeah, so... Well, even um, that, or even having stuff like switch up onto LeBron, I think is what we're gonna try and leverage. So LeBron just pounds him in. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to get you know Steph Curry on either LeBron or on AD, mm-hmm. um, that that's gonna happen a, a good amount of times, I think. And you know, if he does get into foul trouble, um, then you know the Warriors are absolutely toast. They're done. Yeah. Um. All right. Well. In this edition, we'll we'll be picking our picks as we go along with these different games, fellas. Are you who are you guys going? Are you guys giving Warriors a chance for this matchup, or is this is this the Lakers uh, across the board? Bill, I'll start with you. Who are you going here? You know, I I said this in my text yesterday to you guys. I think a lot of people are going to be you know very disappointed with this play-in game. You know, because there's a lot of hype around you know how the Warriors have been playing uh, mm-hmm. the last like you know, 20 games or so yep. um, compared to how they were playing before that. Um, well, it's more like and, Steph, Steph Curry playing lights out. <laughs> well, Steph right. Curry playing lights out, but it's also, like, it's I mean, like, the team... It's like the, me playing 2K versus you guys, you know? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Do you, do you not hey, remember man. the Rodney Stuckey that uh, roast you, my friend? Get hey, man, we got to have, we got to have, like, a matchup again. We haven't played in a long time. It's been way Henry. too long. It's, I know. Yeah, it's been, like, at least five we have, years. We have to play so. the old ones because the new ones are too realistic and the I think we just can't so move that fast play. anymore. The gameplay is so hard. I, yeah. No, 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 no. We got to get the new one and, and, and play. <laughs> Everyone's give, on the same, same just playing Just give field. me some Detroit Pistons and some... Uh... <laughs> No, but 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 kind of going back, dude. Like, so I think a lot of people are gonna be really disappointed just because I think the Lakers win this pretty easily, man. Mm -hmm. Not even like it's 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 just not a good matchup for them. Um, because once you take Steph away, you really need some huge, huge performance performances from other guys, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is gonna happen. So I think this is gonna be a blowout. I think the Lakers are gonna win. Henry, I don't need to ask, but you know you're going with the Lakers. I'm assuming. I am, but in the unlikely event that we somehow do get upset, mm-hmm. I think the names that you're going to want to look at to see if they actually explode is Jordan Poole and Toscano Anderson. If they play well off the bench, mm-hmm. they, ha- they may have a chance, but it's slim to none, <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> Toscano Anderson. I know. Jesus. I would never have thought you said yeah. that. But hey, <laughs> hey, that, that's uh, that, those are those are two no, no, he's definitely picks. gonna get wide open looks. Exactly. He, JTA, JTA is gonna get a bunch of wide open looks. Jordan Poole, you know, he can get hot. You know, yeah, we we all correct. know that. Yeah. So, but he's yeah, he's gonna need to make three or four threes. JTA is gonna need to make like three or four open yeah. threes as well. 
And then, you know, Draymond is going to also have to hit a couple or like score 20 but that's, somehow. But that's going to be the main problem I see with the reason why the Warriors can't advance is because, like, I, if I were the Lakers, I would put LeBron to start, not on Curry. I would probably put him on a later, but put him on Draymond Green because I would dare that guy to shoot as many threes as he wants. Mm. In the end, LeBron can help Shadow on defense in the paint. Yeah. Um, I would I would try that out at least for a couple. If if Curry starts going berserk mode, then yeah, maybe put LeBron on him. But to begin, like I would put LeBron on Green. No, I don't think you put LeBron on Steph at all. But it, you just let Steph, you just let uh, LeBron, uh, yeah, play kind of in the middle of the floor or or, mm-hmm. or to yep. back to back up that back end just to yeah. like play free safety, yep. um, which he's great at. So um, yeah, I, I I don't think he'll ever really be one on one on Steph as an assignment. Yeah. What about you, Tim? Uh, obviously, Lakers definitely for the win. I think like Phil said, it's really hard to see the Warriors. Being able to compete against this Lakers team, unfortunately, just doesn't. In terms of matchups, they don't match up well, and Lakers have the upper hand in many, many aspects of the game here. So you know you gotta go with Lakers. Um, I I would be a little shocked if they did get upset. It that's how confident I am with the Lakers going into this game on Wednesday. So um, let, let me play devil's advocate. If okay. they had. A healthy Clay Ooh, and a healthy James uh, Wiseman. Would you be scared to verse this team? That's a way different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, just, that's, just, I'm just yeah, asking. I mean, just that's a way, way, way different story. Yeah, yeah. That means that you can't really uh, double Steph as much, right? Mm-hmm. Just yep. because there's another threat. Clay. Like he's a true, true threat from outside. So yeah. Um, and then you have uh, a lob threat too, and James Wiseman, yeah. which right yeah. now Kevon Looney is not a lob threat. <laughs> so uh, that takes away that part. He's like a poor man's Greg yeah. Oden. There's, there's no need to go into that scenario because yeah, it'd be totally different. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I just, yeah. I would, I, I, I'd be, I'd be worried honestly. If they <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, it's a different, different game plan for sure. When, when you have one of the, the best and top scorers and Clay Thompson being back, but uh. All right, fellas. Well, let's go into the 9-10 matchup here with Grizzlies and the Spurs. Um, Greg Popovich at it again. You know, he, he seems to at least always be hanging in there and uh, try to make, make the playoffs here. Um, I, for, for, for me, in this matchup, obviously John Morant and the Grizzlies, they've been going head-to-head with, with the Warriors. Uh, for that AC for the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. Phil. I'm gonna start with you here. I, uh, I don't know. Grizzlies are they? I don't know. They've been hot and cold for me all season long. Obviously, they they did go through their injuries. They've had COVID. They had all of that. I don't know what to make of this team, and even up to this point in the season, what they can show in the playoffs and if they can even advance to the eighth seed at this point where do you see this grizzlies team being able to how how do you see them advancing and beating the spurs in this matchup well so this memphis team is i i get what you're saying because they do play hard uh they are a good defensive team uh relatively yep but offensively, they're very hot and cold because they do shoot a decent amount of threes, but they don't have really good 
three-point shooters, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, you, you, I think their best shooter is Bain, uh, the rookie out of TCU or whatever. Um, and he's a good three-point shooter, but he's also just a rookie, and you don't know how he's going to perform in the playoffs. Yep. Um, so you do have a Dylan Brooks, but he's super inefficient um, just as a scorer. I think he shoots like yeah. 40% uh, from, from the field. Um, and then you have Kyle Anderson, but he's not really like a three-point shooter. Yes, he's been a lot better this season as opposed mm-hmm. to prior years, mm-hmm. but he's still not somebody that you're you know really afraid of going off on you from three. Uh, and then you have guys like Grayson Allen, DeAnthony Melton. I'm not sure if, if, if Grayson Allen is going to play, um, but he can get hot. Um, so, but that's the thing. Like this, this team is very kind of streaky from three. Yeah. Um, and even Ja, he's only shooting 30% from three this season on kind of limited, um, you know, attempts because he, he knows that's not a strong suit of his game. Um, and that's where he's kind of like, you know, taking a step back this season in terms of his, his, his growth. Right. I think we all expected him to have like a, a pretty big leap, but you know, teams know kind of like what to do with him. They know to go under the screen on him to let him mm-hmm. take three. And then w- once he attacks, you know, everyone converges on him. Um, and, and him being only 6'3", even though he can jump out of the gym, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's still limited by his height as well. So, um, you know, this 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 team, Memphis, they're going to, I think they're going to beat San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because San Antonio is fucking terrible this season. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're in tenth place, but if you look at their last like the, their last fifteen games or so, I think they only won like three, three or four games in yeah. the last fifteen games. No, no um, pop magic in in this instance here, Phil. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I don't know what you can really do. Yeah, it's the personnel. They don't really. Yeah, it's the personnel. Yeah. You, you first of all, I think there's really only one way is if Patty Mills and um, like Rudy Gay. And Rudy Gay just go mm-hmm. off, like off the bench. Uh, if they Rose. have like six or seven threes each, that's like really the only mm-hmm. way I can see them beating Memphis. Um, just because Memphis's defense is pretty good, um, they both they both are pretty bad three point shooting teams. Like I said uh, about Memphis, but San Antonio as well. They're they're a bad three point shooting team outside of Patty Mills um, and Rudy Gay. So. Really, this one I didn't have too much notes on just because I think Memphis is a clear winner for me in, in this Got game. Mm. Henry, for you, um, what are the keys of victory for the Spurs if they are trying, if they can, and try to get out of this uh, game with a victory here? Yeah, what are no, uh, keys here? I, I'm gonna, I agree with Phil's points. I think from a, like a fan standpoint, I think the Grizzlies would be a fun team to watch and get, and have them advance. But in all honesty, I do think the Spurs will actually beat the Grizzlies. Mm. Um, and I think that's just going to be purely because of just coaching. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm on the pop, I'm on the pop train. Um, okay. Anytime so when what, it comes so to what do you, moments, what do, what, what do they do? Um, this game that would you know have you believe that san antonio is going to beat memphis i think the main thing that's going to be different and i hope i am right is dejounte murray seems like he's more of a like a pass first point guard right um he's kind of like timid on the offensive side yes he's had some games where it's like wow he's great but he's he's been up and down but i foresee him and jaw honestly going back and forth um 
I think they're going to both have great games. But I think when you have a veteran presence in DeRozan and a gay and a Patty Mills, like I think that's just that veteran power that you have with a, a coach and pop. Like I think it's just going to be too much for Memphis to handle in all honesty. And the key matchup, I think, on the, the big man side is look, look for Portal and Valanchunas. I know Valanchunas has been paying very well, um, but I, dude, I, I, I think Podol is still very raw, um, but he's really sound on the defensive side for a big man. And I don't think Valanchunas is that sound on the defensive side. So I could honestly see a lot of um, plays that pop runs, honestly, to try and pound the ball in Podol to take advantage of Valanchunas' deficiency on the defensive side. But you also have Triple J, too, now. Uh, uh, he's like, he, he's, a, he's, he's like, a great shot blocker. He's like 25% there. He's I I don't think he's going to be anything. Honestly, you could put Georgie Dang on him, and I so, think so he'll he's be... He's not going to be a factor. No, no, I mean on the defensive end, though. On the defensive nah. end, he, 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 he flies around out there. I just, I I just think, think, I think, I think he hasn't found his guys rhythm. at the rim. I just don't think he has found his rhythm in all honesty. Like I, I agree with on, you on the I, I agree with I, you on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, I think he's you know, he, he he's an athletic big. He's gonna make a difference for sure. I just I just haven't seen enough from him, even like in terms of rhythm standpoint, to even see anything on the defensive or the offensive side. It's like literally what, he gets like a block, maybe a game and like three rebounds. Like that's I don't think I think Jake like Podol and Georgie Dane can honestly stop him if they were to put him. In. You, you know, you know the funny thing though is like I see in in our uh, doc that you you had Memphis be beating the Spurs, so I guess that was a that was a late switch here on, on Henry's Henry's side here. I guess uh, you know wanted to go the opposite way. Here. I'm going the opposite now, man. I'm going off. I'm going with the old Foglies. I'm not going with the young upcoming team now. Okay, well that's good to hear because you know every time you pick a pick a team, we all know that. So, um, it looks like Phil and I we we were both going with Memphis here um, at this point. Um, yeah, Tim, what are you seeing from this game that, yeah, that you I, think that Memphis will win? You know, with with Memphis, I you know both of you guys have great points on both sides of the, uh, you know, for for both teams here at this point, but. You know, the personnel that Pop has with the Spurs, you know, obviously it's not like the championship teams that he's had in the past. And it's not it's not Pop's fault. It's just the personnel. He doesn't have enough of the players to be able to co- compete consistently at a, at a high level. You know, and in order for the Spurs to win, like you said, Phil, you got to have some of these guys play exceptional, like the Rudy Gay, you know, like all these guys need to step up. It's, it's kind of like the Warriors in order to upset the Lakers. Like the Spurs... They're gonna have to have a perfect game in order to play it to beat Memphis. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. at this point, Memphis is young. They play hard. Defense is great. So I I just don't see them losing. But that's the pop effect, man. I'm telling you, they're gonna be ready. Don't get me wrong. You know he 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 always has his teams prepared. But like I said, it's just not enough, right? Like the person, the 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 players that he has is just not enough. You know, yeah, so. and I the reason why I I like Memphis to to win this game is there there are a lot of instances throughout the season I kind of alluded to this before where 
we expected Ja to take this big step, but but he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of games where he hasn't really had good games, and they've still won those games. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of games where he scores like 14 points or 16 points. That's true. Great he point. shoots like he shoots like four of like 14 or four of 15, and they still end up winning. The reason why is because their defense, and then they do play team. They do play team ball on the offensive end, and I said that you know. The, these other guys are not as efficient, but if they're playing good defense and they're getting extra shots or like, you know, getting extra possessions due to, you know, whether it's offensive rebounds or, or steals or whatever. Um, and I think also that they're one of the best teams in terms of taking care of the basketball, probably because of their pace. Um, but, but still it's, I think that because we've seen instances where jaw doesn't even have a good game but they still end up winning like i think that that bodes well for them mm-hmm. got it all right well uh henry has the spurs advancing phil and i have memphis advancing uh so we already locked up uh the lakers getting that seven seed do you guys see either memphis or san antonio being able to beat the warriors for that eight seed or is it is it the warriors going to be locking up that eight seed? uh henry i'm going to start with you first Oh, no, I think, I think it is what it is right now. I think every team will stay pat. Um, I mean, if you really look at the seven, eight, nine, ten in the West, I think outside of the Lakers, just because of, you know, injuries and all that, mm-hmm. I think every team slotted in there right now are probably the next good batch of three teams outside of the top six. And I would put, honestly, I would probably rank them in that order as well. So, no. Okay. Bill, how about you? Um, so, that game on Sunday uh, with Memphis and Golden State, Warriors. I think that's kind of indicative of what it's going to look like. I think it's going to be a close game. Yep. But at the end of the day, I think that you know Golden State wins out just because they're, they're more experienced in terms okay. of their, their two main guys that they have in, in Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Um, and then... The guys on Memphis, they're, some of them are just a little bit too young and, and made mistakes down that stretch, um, along with Steph Curry hitting big shots. But, you know, so, like, some of those, like, I don't know if you guys remember that one play. Like, uh, it was like a broken play. Draymond Green got the ball. He was almost at half court. Steph Curry ran to him, like, at half court, basically. And then uh, Triple J followed him, like, all the way. And Steph Curry just turned and just <laughs> cut to the basket and that just led to a wide open three and that that's that's like a play there where it's like true inexperience right like there's no reason why you need to guard him like try to try to face block him at half court um on a broken play like that you can let him get the ball and then you know because he's at that point he's 10 feet away from the three-point line um at least give him like a, a foot or two of space um, rather than letting just letting him just back cut on you and have a wide open three, so those are little things I think uh, that'll make the difference um, in a game with the Warriors in Memphis. Yeah, I agree. I think we're all on the same page, guys. Yeah, seven Lakers, Warriors, eight there. Mm-hmm. Um, don't really see um, the other two teams making some noise here. Um, all right, fellas. Well, let's go into the Eastern play-in tournament here. Uh, we'll start off with the Celtics and the Wizards, <laughs> as you as you guys know. Um, this is seriously the most dark horse game. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't right even now, know. Right now, the Celtics, Honestly. as you guys know, Jalen Brown is out for the season, so he he is done. 
Um, we've seen Russell Westbrook break the triple double record. Um, he's been averaging a triple double yet again uh, for the last how many months here? Um, I'm gonna start with you, Phil, first. Without Jalen Brown, specifically for this game, um, is it enough for them to beat? I guess kind of the hot Wizards at the moment. <clears throat> Well, there, there's another factor here for me is that Beal isn't healthy. Correct. Um, he said he won't he came, 100%. Yeah. yeah, he came back for that last game, but he shot 8 of 27 in that game, had 25 mm-hmm. points. Um, but, you know, this is, that's, not, that's, that's insane. He still had that many points, though, when he shot that bad. Well, yeah, because he shot 27 shots well, yeah, and he had 25 points. That, I mean, you should really have like 35 points if you shoot 27 it's a shots. Typical, but that's a typical Scotty Brooks offense right there. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, since Beal's not healthy, I have Boston winning this game just because I, okay. even though some of these other guys off the bench aren't really good, I still think that they have enough. If Tatum, Kemba, and Fournier have good games, mm-hmm. uh, I still think that they have enough to beat the Wizards who are, you know, when Beal's not playing well, the team is, isn't very good. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and that's you can see that in the, down the stretch when Beal was out for like three or four games with the hamstring, uh, and it was just uh, Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they lost. I think every single one of those games. It was close games. It was close. But I think but they, yes, correct. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they need a shooter in Beal to take over for that last shot. But yeah, you can't rely yeah, on it, Russell. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if Beal's not truly healthy, I think that Boston still has enough to beat them. Okay. All right, Henry. How about you? Um, what what do you like the Wizards or the Celtics in this matchup here? Like I said, this this one is like a toss up in all honesty. But as much as as much as I doubted them, and they've definitely proved me freaking wrong, um, I actually am taking the Wizards to upset the Celtics over this one. Um, and I think that's primarily even with even with Beal kind of semi injured. Um, if Scotty Brooks honestly does not want to get fired after this season, he's got to play Daniel Gafford at least twenty plus minutes. Man, like that guy, honestly, he is a lob threat on the offensive side, and he is great on the defensive side. Yes, Alex Len is serviceable. But like, do hey, Gaff- Lopez? I mean, uh, Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez. Robin. <laughs> like he's like he's good at this the center three spot. But like you, you honestly like I it's it's been confusing why he doesn't start Gafford. Like I get that Len has more a little bit more experience, mm-hmm. but if you're gonna try and tap into like the potential of this team that's actually clicking on all cylinders and all honesty now. I would honestly insert Gaffer into the starting lineup, just because I think your offense, like your offensive schemes, can be a bit more, like unique, versus Alex Len, who is probably slow as fuck. <laughs> so, if if he does not get at least twenty plus minutes, he, I mean, he should probably see like 28, 29, 30, in my opinion. But if not, then yeah, they may lose. But I don't know, man. I just think they're too hot right now, and the Celtics are just like. I think they're uh, yeah. just. I think well, they're just in this turmoil right now, where Brad Stevens is contemplating if he's going to get fired or not. Yeah, like at this point, I think you know. I we've talked about this many times in our podcast. Like 
Boston has been the, one of the most disappointing teams this season, you know, and, you know, we, we, we expected before the season started for them to really make that push and potentially contend for, for, for the championship this season. But, um, you know, they've had their own issues with COVID injuries and stuff like that, but every team has to deal with that every season. But, um, you know, like you said, I mean, like I, I, I don't have without, especially without Jalen Brown. Um, and I, I know, Bradley Beal isn't healthy, but I'm going to take that momentum that the Wizards Mm -hmm. have been playing here in the last couple weeks and um, really giving them that edge. Um, This is this is this is my uh, hot take here. Um, I think Boston obviously will lose this game against the Wizards. But when it's all said and done, I believe Boston will fire Brad Stevens. Milwaukee will get rid of Budenhoser, and he'll go to the Bucks. I think Brad Stevens will be the new head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. That is my hot take here. Um, <laughs> just putting down the gavel, dog. <laughs> you know, just, just, you know, I think, I think right now that is the, that is the, the angle I'm going with here. Oh, I think this will, man. What, what, what has happened with Brad Stevens and this, yeah, the whole, the whole, in the second half of the season of, I, um, but that's my thing is I just don't like, yes, it is on him for not getting this mm-hmm. team ready and mentally prepared. But, oh man, I'm so sorry, Kobe. Rest in peace. Hall of Famer now. I am so sorry I said Jason Tatum is Kobe 2.0 because he is definitely nowhere <laughs> near stardom. Like, I think he is, I don't think he's that good in all honesty. He puts up stats, but he like honestly, if you're if you're a like an, an all star and you're an all star for your team, mm-hmm. you got to do better, dude. Like his his stats say one thing, but the, but it's like it's like Zion effect. It's like he puts up berserk numbers for fantasy, but in terms of winning, mm-hmm. I just haven't seen that. Like, <sighs> who cares if Jalen Brown is out? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, he needs to be able to take over. And be able to get his team good shots, but that's the problem that I'm seeing with him. Mm-hmm. Is I just don't see it anymore in him. I, I kind of get what you're saying, uh, Henry, because he's not that kind of like super clutch type of player. Mm-hmm. Uh, where with five minutes left in the game, um, and it's a close game, he's gonna you know do kind of what Steph Curry's been doing, right? Um, kind of yeah. will will his team to to winning. Um, but the other thing I will say is you forget how young he is as well. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, the guy's only not saying he will never get there. I'm just saying right now, I just don't see it. And I was going on my, uh, berserk rant that he was Kobe 2.0, <laughs> but my God, how much has that fallen off the cliffs? Yeah. He, he takes for me, his, the, the, the holes in his game right now is a lot of shot selection for me. It's, it's kind of like. One too many of these kind of step back threes. One too many of these step back long twos that he ma- that he shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, for a guy his size, like six nine, six ten, um, he's not that good at finishing at the rim. Uh, and I know the numbers say he's actually pretty decent. Um, not great, but like decent, like uh, above average. But honestly, a guy like that should probably be finishing at the rim, like probably like 65% of his shots should be going in when Agreed. he gets there. Um, but I think he's shooting, he's shooting somewhere like 
55% or something like that. So, yeah. which is, you know, better than average, but not good. No, I, um, I think that's a good point, Phil. Just because it's like, if, if, like, I think the key to his next game is like, he's going to have to get better at those like post ISO plays where mm-hmm. either he, he can take that step back jumper where he's unstoppable because of his height or mm-hmm. he's able to pound it in the paint on the smaller defender. But yeah, to your point, like he takes these crazy like step back threes, and I'm just like, you're just not there yet, dude. Like, yeah, and it's not like something that's that. even needed. It's not even something that's <laughs> needed with your with your height. Exactly. Um, you should be able to kind of like bulldoze these guys, um, and get where you want to. That's true. So that's true. yeah. All right, fellas. Well, um, it looks like both Henry and I have Washington in this game, and Phil has Boston. Let's go into the ninth, ten matchup here with the Pacers and the Hornets. Um, the Hornets, as you guys know, even with LaMelo back, um, they ha- he hasn't been playing up to par since he's got injured. Gordon Hayward will be out and has been out for the Hornets, so they haven't looked the same. Uh, for the Pacers, I think Karis LeVert and Sabonis have been balling it out last couple uh, of games and weeks here. Um, I'm going to start with you, Phil, here. Um, yeah, is this even? Um, do you? I, I don't know. I don't see this being a fun matchup at all. But it is a playing game. Uh, who do you? What do I, you? What do you see here? I think this is gonna be a fun game. I mm. think any game that Charlotte plays is exciting, just because mm. they get up and down the floor, um, and, and you have you know highlight reels and guys <laughs> like you know Miles Bridges and McDaniel's. So, I mean, I Definitely and Lamelo Ball, guys, yeah. <laughs> Miles Bridges. How do you do? <laughs> <laughs> love their announcer love their announcer for sure yeah but for me the the notes that i have here for charlotte is so charlotte gives up the second most three-point field goal attempts in the okay. league and that's largely due their to their zone defense right mm-hmm. um and indiana they actually give up the most points in the restricted area okay. uh, but they also give up the least amount of field goal attempts at the three right so mm-hmm. If you think about it, if if Char and Charlotte takes a decent amount of threes, just because they're so guard heavy in terms of Lamelo, Terry Rozier, Devonte Graham, right? Those guys take a lot of their shots, and they take a lot of difficult shots too. So, the thing with me with Charlotte is that they're going to need to play smart. They're going to need to play really smart basketball if they're going to get run off the three point line, which is what Indiana tries to do, uh, which is why they you know allow such few three three point field goal attempts. Mm-hmm then you're going to need to drive and kick which you know i they they are they are a good team at doing that but they're going to need to be able to somehow drive and kick not for that easy pass but drive and kick uh to the other side of the court for the wide open three right because if they're loading up so hard and chasing guys off the three point line on one side then that means that somebody's going to be open on the other side um so they need to play really smart basketball that way um if not then, you know, I can just see them kind of shooting themselves out of the game on contested threes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Charlotte needs to play a good game here. Indiana, for me, they're just a more stable team. They have, you know, true guys that they can go to Mm -hmm. in Sabonis and Karis LeVert. And hopefully uh, Brogdon is back. I know he didn't play the last few games, but he should be back, I think. I think that they were kind of being cautious the last game. They said that he might be back, he might not. Uh, So he was, like, questionable. Um, So I I think he's going to play this game. And, you know, those three guys are are all three reliable scorers. So 
um, yeah, that's why I chose Indiana for this game. Got it. Henry, how about you? Give me your take on this game. Who's going to win? Keys to victory for either team. So, just because I've been, I was not on the Hornets train and now I jumped on it. I, I you're a little late. That's the wrong you're, time. That's yeah, a you're wrong time. <laughs> I got to stay pat on the Charlotte Hornets, man. Okay. All right. Um, I think that honestly, the issue is it's going to be, um, you know, Sabonis is probably going to be dominant in this series. I don't think anyone on Hornets can yeah, stop him. Yeah, I don't him. think no Cody Zeller going to be stopping. No, no yeah, the, or even PJ Washington. Yeah. So I think they're he's, they're just going to get rocked. But I think the issue I think I have with this team outside of Sabonis and Karis LeVert is I honestly do think Brogdon's injury is mm, I think going to hinder this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think as much as like he will probably play, I think if you told me you had a healthy Brogdon that in which he was playing at almost an all-star level this mm-hmm. year, then yeah, no the break. Pacers should, yeah, yeah, he should easily win. But just given that I think he's not going to be up par mm-hmm. in terms of his abilities, I think that sets up a lot of opportunities for Shar to actually surprise because I, I think it's really going to depend because like you know Lamelo is going to do what he does, Mal Bridge is going to do what he does. Um, you know Gordon Hayward's out, PJ Washington's up and down. He's not really an offensive threat. Is I think it's going to come down to Devontae Graham. How efficient can he be and get buckets when he when because like I know he shoots horribly, but if if he if he can honestly drain his open shots and get good looks for this team. Um, I honestly think they can honestly upset, but. Um, so you're going with Charlotte here, obviously. Yeah, I'm going with Charlotte. It's just, yeah. if Brogdon's healthy though, yeah, then yeah, I shot myself in the goddamn foot. But <laughs> one, one, one other thing I, I, I want to bring up is just from like, kind of like an X's and O's standpoint, I think Sabonis is one of the best big men in terms of breaking the zone. Mm-hmm. Um, which Charlotte plays a lot of, right? Mm-hmm. If you were talking about a big man that can operate out of the mid post in terms of creating for others, his passing ability, and just being able to hit that mid-range or take it down low to the post, yeah. um, I, I, I just think that they're going to facilitate a lot through him. They're going to have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he's, he's a good enough facilitator um, that he should be able to break this zone pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna that, really be up to uh, it's gonna really be up to guys making shots at that I, point. I definitely yeah. do agree. I think um, for me, I, I'm on uh, Phil's side here with Indiana getting the victory here over Charlotte. I think it's more more of the reliable guys that you have in Sabonis, Levert, and Ma- Malcolm Brag- Brogdon if he does play, rather than the young and experienced in the Hornets. Don't get me wrong; like Charlotte has always been that team this season. Very fun to watch, right? Um, I think. Early in the season, we saw that, especially with what Lamella Ball has been able to do, and most likely, in my in my opinion, will be the rookie of the year uh, this season. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think without Gordon Hayward, first and foremost, like it's it's not the same team as you know, right? Yeah, Lamello, exactly. Lamella Ball has struggled since his return from injury. He hasn't he hasn't been putting up the same numbers that he has prior to it. Um, and yeah, I, I just don't think it's enough. Right. And, you know, Indiana has always been a state, you know, like in their whole debacle with their head coach and the players. That's been very interesting too the last couple of weeks <laughs> and, and months. But mm-hmm. uh, I think they do get this win over here uh, against the Hornets. Uh, and I, I am going to go with Indiana 
uh, getting that win. But so, it's like I, I feel like both teams are like kind of like that that wounded animal just because Indiana's yeah. not going to have TJ Warren right. and they're not going to have Miles Turner. So, I mean, it's yeah, whoever make, whoever makes all their shots is going to win this series. Correct. Correct. All right. Well, we we both have uh, differing uh, opinions on both this matchup and the Celtics Wizards matchup. When, let's say hypothetically, we'll go with the Pacers beating the Hornets. Do they have a chance against the Wizards or the Celtics to make that eighth seed? Phil, I'm gonna start with you first. I think they do. I think they do, to be honest. Okay. Um, okay. Either one of those teams. I mean, okay, so all four of these teams, mm-hmm. it's really going to come. It's. It, I think they're they're very close, all four of them, mm-hmm. in terms of their their ability to win these games and their kind of talent level. I think Boston at the at the top end of their roster probably edges all of them out for sure. Um, especially with Washington, uh, with Bradley Beal um, mm-hmm. kind of injured. Yep. yep. Um, by the same time, obviously Boston's other guys kind of suck. Um, <laughs> so, so I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, I could see Indiana winning two games and uh, then getting into the playoffs AC. here. Yep, yep. Yeah. I, I, they could definitely be Washington and, and Boston. Like if Kemba has a terrible game and, yep. and Jason Tatum has like an inefficient 30 points, then yeah, there's definitely a possibility. Henry, how about you? Mama, mama. <laughs> so, I mean, I got the Wizards edging out. I got the Hornets edging out. So it'd be what the Celtics and Pacers. Mm-hmm. Well, you have Celtics in Charlotte, I guess. Do you pick Charlotte over Indiana? But... No, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Hmm. Nah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah. I was leaving at that. Nah, yeah. damn, okay. bro. I thought you had the Charlotte Hornets back. <laughs> What's know, going what on? I haven't for an extent, but nah. Um, All right. Well, you know, I, I, I see, I see them being like that, like, oh shit, like March Madness, like, God, they lost, like, the, you know, the, the last, like, low ranked team won, and then. Mm-hmm. Then your dream is over. <laughs> uh, so, so you're like the Loyola Chicago, you know? Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah. Make yeah, some yeah. big, big noise in exactly. the beginning. Exactly. Make but, a big noise in yeah, the beginning, and then not, not enough. Not it enough. Is done. Yeah, I think at this point for me, I think it's gonna be the Wizards uh, at the seventh seed and the Celtics at the eighth seed. That I think that I'm gonna go with that. Um, and yeah, I think um, it'll be interesting to see how those play out. But like, like Phil said, all four of these teams are capable of winning, you know, and so it can really go either way. Um, I think it's a little more different uh, on the, in the Western conference versus the Eastern conference here. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Um, And yeah, you know, I think uh, it should be a a fun next couple of days here to, to round out and solidify who will be those seventh and eighth seeds in both conferences. But uh, before we head into our three and six and four and five matchups, because those are at least set in stone for both the East and West. Guys, let's get a cheers here. Cheers. Uh, I know we've been talking a lot here. For our listeners, cheers. definitely want to give them an opportunity to join in on the fun. Cheers, guys. All right. Uh, 
We are going to start with the Western Conference guys here in the third and sixth matchup. We got the Denver Nuggets because the Boob Clippers <laughs> decided to lose here. And the Portland Blazers. Hey, Henrik, the Nuggets Blazers, to lose Blazers, this is, Blazers. This is, this is, this is hey, not the Nuggets. By the way, the Nuggets decided to lose too, so that correct. They yeah, they didn't, they didn't play all over their the guys. <laughs> this they, was they decided not, to stop playing their guys. But this was not the freaking matchup I wanted. The Blazers. Hey, it's better than the Clippers. I would say that. But you know, you're not believing. You never believe, and I don't want your nonsense here. <laughs> but unfortunately, I, I'm stuck with you in having you pick the Portland Blazers to advance. But I want to start uh, with with Phil first here. Nuggets Blazers. Um, obviously, it would have been a totally different matchup. If Jamal Murray was here, healthy and ready to roll, I would. I don't think I would give Blazers even the slightest chance of, of beating. But uh, with that said, I want I want to I want to ask the pressure like how much pressure is it on Jokic now from here and until however long they advance to the to to the playoffs here to take this Nuggets team to reach the Western Conference Finals. I think that there's going to be pressure, but not as much as um, some of the other teams. Like, okay. the reason why is, okay, so let's say Jamal Murray. We all know that this season they get a pass, right? Because yes, Jamal Murray's injured. We don't yep. know if Will Barton's going to come back in time. Uh, PJ Dozier is also out. So, like, you're talking about three of your, your guard rotation mm-hmm. being out, right? Uh, so you're relying on second and third string uh, point guards here to play kind of both the one and the two. And then you have a guy in um, Austin Rivers who you just picked up off of waivers, right? Mm-hmm. And he would have been your, thir- your, your third string shooting guard, I think. Correct. So you're talking about second and third string guys starting for you and coming off the bench uh, for you in, in playoff series. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, yeah, they get a pass this season. Um, but... You know, even going forward, we don't know how Murray is going to come back, right? Correct. We don't know. And we're talking about a guy that they just signed to a, a max deal uh, long term. Um, so if this guy doesn't come back at the same level he was at, let's say he comes back 75%, that's still not a, that's, that's not an all-star player. Yeah. So you're talking about really Jokic is left with like a good point guard in Jamal Murray. And then we'll see what happens with Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, yeah he's DJ. been playing great. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what he gets to it. You know, if he if he doesn't be if he doesn't become an all star, then you're talking about really it's just Jokic. And yep. for a guy like that, like yes, he he's probably going to win the MVP this season. But without any kind of other all star surrounding him, I don't know what kind of real pressure you can have uh, to 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 make it to the you know Western Conference Finals. Got it. What what are what are the keys to victory here for? The blaze uh for the Nuggets fell to beat out the Blazers in this matchup in this series here. You know, to be honest, I think Portland should be favored to win this series. Mm-hmm. With everything I just said, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. With all those guards being out, like I don't, I don't see like how Portland isn't favored. Currently, Portland, you know, Denver is still favored to win this series mm-hmm. based on you know the betting lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, not by much. I think it's minus 120 uh, for Denver and minus 105 for Portland. So it's really close. Um, but I think Portland should be favored to win this just because of all the injuries those guys have. Mm-hmm. And yes, Denver has the best player. 
Correct. But Portland has the best clutch player. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, I think this is going to come down to the fringes, um, you know, in this series. And I don't know if you if I should give away that that right now or if we're going to go into a different segment with that. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll hold off on, on that pick there. But uh, I'll start with Henry because I want Henry to be the believer of the Portland Blazers <laughs> here. Um, obviously, we know it's been historically bad for the defensive side of the ball for the Portland Blazers this year. Um they have been playing better as of late. Nurkic is slowly, slowly looking like that player, Phil, that we saw in the bubble last year. Yep. He glimpses, right? Not, not fully, but there are glimpses there, which is, which is a positive sign for the Blazers, especially having aspirations to go far. You know, they need him to continue to play at that level. First of all, I believe Nurkic is the key to the, to the success of this Blazers team going far. Henry, give me your keys on how Portland can beat the Nuggets in this series. <laughs> like Tim, in all honesty, I, w- I would have picked the Nuggets to beat the Blazers, but because you and I are in this together <laughs> now. <laughs> you have mistakes, man. See, I don't, I, don't, I don't like that mindset already. Get out of right. here. But look, but it, I think Phil said it best. Um, I just think, I mean, if Portland's going to upset the Nuggets, it's mm-hmm. going to be because the Nuggets are just injured. Um, I mean, Nurkic can honestly be putting up Nurkic all-star stats. MPJ has been on a tear. Um, I mean, if those two guys can go off for that team, then yeah, I think, I mean, that's, that's a pretty scary tandem, honestly. But, well, but, have but that's why, yeah, the Blazers, well, yeah, the, but the Blazers have that to fight back. Yes. Um, they got Lillard, they got CJ, yeah. and they, they got... Have Norman Powell adding yeah. to the mix there. Nurkic, so, right? You got, you got some reliable guys there i just think the main game plan that the blazers are going to need to do is to basically set a lot of high pick and rolls and just fucking jack up the shots man i think Um, ultimately how i see it too you know for for this game the bench has to outplay obviously denver's bench right they have a a capable bench in portland with mellow anthony simon obviously the rotation will get smaller it'll be interesting to see what you know, um, Terry Stotts does with this lineup in the playoffs, but their bench is a lot better than what Portland, I mean, Denver has just because with all their injuries now, right? Everyone is yeah. stepping up to having to play the one or two when they're usually the third string, right? So I think that advantage heavily goes to Portland and mm-hmm. they have the ability to, you know, well, if, score. Uh, that's that, but that's why Portland, if Portland's smart, what I would do is honestly, because Nuggets are going to switch everything, right? I would honestly get Nurkic to give off um uh Nurkic to give off um oh my god I'm blinking out now. Uh, Aaron Gordon? Is he even healthy? I thought he's he's going to he, be playing. He he's playing. Aaron Gordon's going to be playing. Yeah, yeah. He played yes. He started yesterday. I know they the whole start is barely played like 15 minutes and they just okay. stop. Okay. But... Well, I mean that's going to be the thing. I think that honestly to their advantage it's going to be to try to switch off either an Aaron Gordon or a Jokic because the more they're going to have to try to play on that defensive side, you're just going to tire them out on the offensive side. And honestly, with the Blazers just jacking up shots and <laughs> like having you to have to play very, very close up on Dame and CJ, like you got to tire them out. It's going to be a long game. It's a, it's a long haul. Yeah, it ain't going to be. Yeah. It ain't going to be the beginning. I think late. every game, honestly, is going to be close, to yeah. be honest, before this series here. You I just got to tire them close. out. And obviously, what's going to help Portland 
is if you can get Jokic in foul trouble, that changes everything, right? Yes. If you can get him into foul That's trouble why. early, they're gonna switch up, switch up on every. You got Ennis Canner off the bench to use those files. You know, you you got you got some guys that could you know hopefully give him some fits. Where if Jokic gets into early foul trouble, that will change the dynamic of the game, and I could see Dame Lillard and CJ just going on a tear and just you know turning that game upside down. But, yeah, I have that as one of my notes. Uh, mm. So it says, attack Jokic with Nurkic and Ennis yep. uh, and guards driving to get Jokic into foul trouble, similar mm. to what the, the Lakers did in the playoffs last season. Correct. Yep. Correct. Right? You're right. You're right, Phil. And like then the, the, the other thing I see is um, on the defensive side for Portland. Um, so they go to this action a lot where Jokic sets the pick on the point guard, whether it's going to be Compazzo or Morris or even Austin Rivers. Right, and then the small gets gets switched on to Jokic, and they kind of play him at this, at, at, like at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Jokic kind of goes to that free throw line, gets position on the guy, and then he basically has a small on him at the top of the key. And then you either throw a double at him, or he goes one on one with that small. Right. Mm-hmm. What I would do that works so well when Murray's there because you you first of all you have to switch that because yeah. you can't give Murray the space. You can't go under that. Correct. Uh, otherwise, Murray's just going to shoot the three. Yep. Um, second of all, um, well, I, I guess that's the main thing. That's the main thing. And so, in that case, though, with Compazzo, Morris, and Rivers, none of those three guys are good three point shooters. They're passable three point shooters, but none of them are good, right? Compazzo shooting 35%, mm-hmm. Morris is shooting 38%. Rivers, I don't know what his percentage is, but just knowing him, he's probably a sub 40% three point yep. shooter as well. Right. So in that case, you don't switch that. You give those guys the space mm-hmm. and you don't switch that. Right. Yeah. So if, if that's going to be the thing, then, you know, I think that that is what Portland has to do because they go to that action so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's obviously like the the one on one, the, the post ups, which I think Nurkic and Ennis like, I mean, yeah, they're not the best defenders, but they're big bodies and exactly. they're they're capable defenders. Yep. Right. Yep. So especially Nurkic. So I think I think that that I think that they match up pretty well with yeah. Jokic uh, and the Nuggets, especially in this form. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Obviously, you know, uh, for all the listeners, uh, I am a big Dave Miller fan, so I do follow the Blazers a lot. I think this was the perfect matchup uh, to go against in the first round. I, I if it was the Clippers, I think it would have been a foregone conclusion that it'd be tough to get out of there, but. I think they, they definitely do have a shot with Denver here. And, uh, you know, when you got Dame Lillard, one of the best clutch players in the game today, can't, can't, can't count him out. And he's on a mission, right? He is really, he really wants to bring a championship to the city. Um, and he's going to do everything in his power to, to, to make it happen. So, you know, we'll see. Henry, I want you well, to believe. believe well, I, right? but look, uh, look. <laughs> <laughs> the blaze like the blazers are the lakers like that's the mm-hmm. team you do not want to refer like face first because mm-hmm. if they're if they're on fire you're screwed mm-hmm. but if they're if they're if if dame is only going off and cj is subpar then yeah they're fucked so if they're making their shots and i mean they're eight and two in their last 10 games i mean it seems like they're heating up now again yep yep so i think that momentum carrying in yeah um, I do like the Nuggets on paper, but for them to get upset by the Blazers, I agree with you, Tim. I think this is the best matchup that the Blazers could have had yep. in terms of their first round. 
All right, fellas. Well, let's go into Phil's Clippers here. Um, it's a it's a rematch of last year's first round. We got the the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. Remember, we had that Luka game winner, um, which was a, a great way to start off that series. Uh, thinking that uh, you know, well, you know, Henry and I got excited the Clippers would lose in the first round. <laughs> 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 got got a little carried away for us. Yeah, we got we too but, carried away there. You know, it is a rematch. Um, you know, Clippers have had a lot of players returning from injuries, right? Um, Phil, I don't know how Serge has looked since his return, but um, first of all, I want to get your take on the rhythm, right? They, they obviously Rondo, Ibaka, um, Pat Beverly, all these guys haven't been really playing too much here in the last, you know, couple weeks, last month. Do you have any reservations or concerns going into the playoffs with not really having that rhythm with your core lineup going against maps? Yeah, I think that I think that you know any team that has you know little experience playing with each other, you always have to be kind of cognizant and kind of worried about that. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, so that is a worry for me, but. To me, it's it's kind of more of an opportunity for me, um, for the Clippers to kind of get that get that you know experience together in yeah. a in a high in an intense situation like the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because I think that even if they're not great, if they're just average, I still think that they can beat Dallas. Sure. Um, but also agree. also from what I've seen though, from the little I've seen with Rondo and Ibaka together, and and Kind of also, side note, going back to your question about how Zabaka looked, he hasn't looked great. Yeah. You know, he's only had like three games back. So. Yeah, it looks like and, he's making some music videos over there, huh, Phil? Yeah. <laughs> so, is, so, is LeBron, so is LeBron James, though, my God. Don't know what's going on out here. I don't know what's going on. Like, uh, you guys need to get healthy. Yeah, and so, I mean, it hasn't looked great for Ibaka, but I also have liked the look of rondo and abaca together mm, uh in okay. that second unit okay. um as opposed to um the marcus cousins just because even abaca at like whatever he is maybe like 70 percent is still better than demarcus cousins at this point in his career mm-hmm. um on both ends of the floor and but but more so i really just like the pick and pop ability i know demarcus cousins can also pick and pop um but at the same time i just trust abaca more just because He's been a better three-point shooter throughout his career mm-hmm. um, and just more efficient. So, uh, And then on the defensive end, he's, he's just better. But, you know, for, for, for me, it's going to come down to, in this whole series, it's going to come down to two things, like two X factors. And one, it's one for each team. It's going to be, will PG show up and will Kristaps Porzingis show up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So those are the two X factors. Um because PG we all know like he didn't play that well in last year's playoffs. Um Wait, I didn't Chris hear that. Porzingis. Can you re- can you repeat that, Phil? <laughs> I said will PG show up and will KP show up. Right? And so those are going to be the swing factors for me. Yeah, and yeah, I believe I, I and agree. I believe PG I I believe PG will have a really good playoffs. Chris Stapps, I'm I'm very very resident to say that he's going to have it, you know, like just because we haven't really seen it from him in Correct. the playoffs and we don't even know if he'll make it through a full series. Yeah. Uh, Phil, with, the, with, with, with that said, with PG, let me ask uh-huh. you this. 
does PG have more pressure to perform than Kawhi? Is is <laughs> the more is that pressure more on him this this playoff here? Yeah, I think it is. Um, you know, just from the media, that they'll say that PG uh, needs to show up, right? Just because right. of his performance last year, and also he hasn't won one. Kawhi's one, Kawhi's one two, right? Two. So he has, he really has nothing to prove the rest of his career. Correct. He's already won two championships mm-hmm. and and a, and a Finals MVP, mm-hmm. uh, two Finals MVPs. Correct. So it, it, yeah, it really is going to fall on PG in terms of where the pressure is at. Um, another thing I kind of have here though is, you know, compared to last last playoffs. Um, I do like our defensive ability against Luka more. Mm. Um, and I know throughout the regular season, they have the record on us two to one. We, you know, we lost twice by blowouts. But at the same time, those were one of the worst shooting nights we've had all season, though, both of those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't really take that at face value. But why I say I kind of like the defensive matchups more this season is last season we, we had Morris as the main defender on on luca and i think it's going to be the same way just because morris is going to start um but also like off the bench we have nicholas batum mm. who's a great defender right, with length right, right? Mm-hmm. he's six he's six foot eight six foot nine mm-hmm. um you know and and is really long um and just a savvy defender you know what i mean so i just like that extra kind of look that you have off the bench and then kind of down the stretch you might have pg and Kawhi on him as well so um I just really like their ability to throw a lot of guys at him in this series. Makes sense. Henry, what which players need to step up to help Luca and the Mavs beat the Clippers here in this series? You know, they are true underdogs here. I don't think a lot of teams have them beating them. But if it, if they are able to have this upset, who who has to step up? We all we all know obviously Porzingis hasn't showed up, but obviously, you know, what are your thoughts here? Look, all I'm just going to start off this is, can you give Rick Carlisle and Pop fucking good, better players ownership? Because these are probably the two best freaking coaches, like, in our league right now. Um, like, you look at this Dallas line, like, roster, like, it's pretty trash. But <laughs> to your question, Tim, like, it, the players that are going to need to <laughs> ball out I think, and I don't, I honestly, I, I haven't seen it all season, so I really don't think it's going to happen. But the biggest letdown person that hasn't balled out is Josh Richardson. Like, mm-hmm. he, he has looked shitty all season. I, he's not great on the defensive side. He can't even make his shots. So they're, they're going to need <laughs> oh, this guy. Dude, I was saying that shit from the preseason. Yeah. Remember? They're, they're, they're going to need that dude. They're, they're to, missing Seth Curry, yeah. man. They, yeah. They're going to need that was, guy to you know, drain. I don't know, like at least eighteen points, man. It's like, gonna have to on. be the Jalen Brunson show. <laughs> yeah, like, like JJ Redick. Yeah, like literally the players that are gonna have to step up is jo- like Josh Richardson for one. I think that's number one. Porzingis, I think he's gonna get injured game one. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't doubt that. Wouldn't yeah. doubt that at all. Um, but I think the the two players that are gonna, I know they're like very hot and cold, but if they're, I mean, hitting on all cylinders, um. Like Dorian Finley Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr., mm. those two guys are gonna need to be able to drain their open threes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, outside of those, to me, two, to me, that's what it's gonna come down else. to, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. if if we if we try to throw these guys at uh, Luca, um, 
most likely we're going to kind of load up on them. So guys are going to get open shots. Yeah. Correct. You know, the the series is going to really come down to who can make the more shots mm-hmm. um, at that point. Because but I think it's the same thing like, on the other end for, for, for the Clippers, right? They're going to load up on Kawhi and PG. Yep. And so it's going to be reliant on a lot of other guys to, to step up and hit those shots as well. But I think that's the reason why it's just if if like if I was the Clippers and I was high, like my game plan would be take the ball out of Luca's hand and let these other guys beat us. Because if they beat us, then fuck, we suck. But in a world where you see these players actually stepping up to be able to defeat the Clippers lineup, and as much as I don't like the Clippers, the Clippers whole team roster is is from starting five to bench is way better exponentially oh, yeah. than sure. the Mavs are. At yeah. any Luca is the only one that you know. Obviously, he's the only player outside yeah. of like. Yeah, and I think I think that may happen. We'll see. I mean, I I, I know that to start off, I I don't think that they'll kind of just blitz him, um, and leave other guys wide open, because mm-hmm. I don't think you really need to do that with with the defenders that they have. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. if it comes to a point where they lose game one because Luca has like fifty points. Then yeah, I mean things might need to change in game two, and they might need to go to the blitz and then see if if the other guys can beat you. So I mean that's kind of my thought on that. Like I don't think you start off um, with this team by, especially with how the Clippers are constructed on the defensive end. Um, you know, with their guys at six eight six nine that can you know guard them um, to to have to like double team them on every play. You know, I just why, don't think that's necessary. That's why Tim Phil's gonna see the Rondo effect. <laughs> he's gonna see what Play we saw. Rondo, you know, That's why he's gonna see what we how saw does, last year. How does anything I just said have to do with Rondo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm two white claws in, and I just stopped hey, Rondo. Just, hey, playoff Rondo! Get, get a you'll get a taste of what playoff Rondo exactly. is compared see, to playoff, yeah, playoff Paul Nation. George over there. Get ready for so playoff I, Rondo. I hope, I hope Rondo shows up in a big way. <laughs> that can that can only help me. All right, fellas. Well, let, let's head over to the Eastern Conference. And this is actually one of, I think, my favorite matchup here in the first round. It's the Bucks and the Heat. We get another rematch here of the Eastern Conference final last year. Obviously, Giannis was hurt, so he couldn't finish that. But the Heats, the Heats have been playing very well to end off the regular season here. Um, the Bucks, I don't know. They're still, they've just been on and off, right? They, no, nothing spectacular in any way, shape, or form here that truly shows me that they are going to be able to beat the Nets or the 76ers when it comes to the all said and done. But I want to start with you, Phil, right? Um, first of all, let's start with the Bucks. You know, Drew Holiday, new to the team. We got, we got Giannis back. I don't know, man, I, I don't know. This team has just, is, they have underperformed in my eyes in so many ways. What is necessary for Giannis and company to do in order to avenge their loss <laughs> from the Heat from last season. Phil, are you thinking the same thing I'm thinking? <laughs> Read my mind. It's, it's the same shit we've been saying all season. <laughs> Read my mind. <laughs> you cannot have Giannis <laughs> handle is. the ball there from up top is. like 50% of the times there he has a ball and then try to create something because <laughs> one, he's not the most efficient perimeter basketball player on the team. He's not even the second most efficient perimeter basketball player on the floor. Mm-hmm. It's Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Yeah. So I think that, you know, we said it. I mean, I, I hate rehashing this shit because really the game plan should be rely on Drew Holiday and Middleton to handle the ball from the perimeter more and make plays from there. Yep. And then have Giannis 
operate out of the mid post, especially out of uh, against Miami because they play so much zone as well, just like Charlotte. I think they play the second most zone in the league. But anyways, regardless, whatever. So it, you have Giannis operate out of the mid post, and then also if he's going to play the five, operate out of the dunker spot a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's what they need to do against this team if they want to win because having Giannis fucking dribble the ball from the perimeter, dribble (laughs) two two times and then kick out to one of these boo-boo-ass shooters and Dante DiVincenzo and uh, what is his name? Connaughton isn't going to work, man. Uh, Let me ask you this, Phil. Uh, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson kind of had an up and down to, to finish off the season. Do you... Do you envision them to recreate that magic that we saw in the bubble for them into this playoff this year? Okay, so I'm going to actually give out my pick here. Um, okay. And then oh. I'll kind of go into that question. Okay. So I, all the shit I talked about Milwaukee this season, <laughs> uh-huh. for all that shit, I you still have them that. winning this series. Okay. I have them winning this series 4-2. Ooh, uh, and the, okay. reason, the reason why is because this Miami team isn't as good as last Miami's team, mm-hmm. last year's Miami's team. And it, there are multiple reasons why you don't have Jay Crowder, Correct. you don't have Kelly Olynyk, mm-hmm. um, and, and those two guys like make a big difference, I think. Even Phil, though Kelly Olynyk didn't play too much, but I think Jay Crowder is, is a big piece that they're missing and replacing him with, um, what's his face, well, Trevor Ariza. And Trevor, Trevor Ariza, who's yeah. you know fucking, he should be retired at this point. Um, <laughs> do you, you know, think if Oladipo was? Get it done. You, do you think if Oladipo was healthy, that would change your pick there, Phil? Well, define healthy because has he been healthy at any point this season? <laughs> no, no. Okay, yes, so man. if he was playing like he was before yeah. he injury? got injured, yeah. No, I don't think it would have changed anything. Because mm-hmm. he probably would have been the fifth best they player. Got, on that they were team. better without him. I know he didn't play a lot with the Heat, but they, yeah. They yeah, played. I mean, the, yeah. yeah, we saw it. Like when he came on, yeah, that that's part of kind of integrating somebody new into the yeah. into the system. But at the same time, I just don't think he really necessarily fit that system. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. unless he was coming off the bench, to be honest. Well, surprised I, to I, surprised I, to see here you sticking with the Bucks. Uh, uh, for this series, regardless. Of yeah, the, just you know. because for me, okay, like Budenholzer, to me, he hasn't lived up to, I think, what he should because he's known as a good coach, right? Mm-hmm. He's just not known as a great coach, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, anybody, I think, with a good coaching background should know that, you know, like, you need to change something a little bit. Yeah. With you know the, the, the things that we said to put the ball in the hands of Drew Holiday and Middleton right. more in the perimeter, um, it's a different story if you're going to put the hands uh, the ball in the hands of Giannis when mm-hmm. it's close to the basket, right? Yep. Yep. Um, but that's not what they're doing necessarily. They yeah, have the he, ball in his hands on the perimeter a lot. He hasn't put his players in the best position to to, to succeed. Ultimately, exactly. They have exactly. all the talent in the world. They have the players. To compete on a yearly basis, but that's his shortcomings, unfortunately. Right, as a coach, he yeah. hasn't been able to take that next step, like you've seen with the Eric Spoelstra's with Miami, right? Even with last year, with the like, they weren't even supposed to be in that conversation. But you know, th- those coaches that have been there, done that, they know what it takes to win. And yep. you know, that's what Henry. Give me your take here. Uh, 
Yeah, with the with the Bucks and Heat series here. Oh, this is a tough match, honestly. Uh, but in all honesty, yeah, um, <laughs> pains me to say it, but I actually agree with Phil on this one. Mm. Um, as much as the Bucks haven't lived up to expectations, but I just think their yeah their roster right now, and I I'm I'm hoping Budenholzer learned. I hope. <laughs> But like honestly, that's like the one Achilles heel. You literally fix that one problem that you try to run with Giannis on the offensive side. Like this team could be exponentially better. If you if you fix that for this series, then yeah, they should win. Just because. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What were we gonna say, Phil? Um, just a second. Quick point is also play your main guys more minutes. <laughs> I mean, it's playoffs. Dude, he so was. I'm sure. She, I'm no, sure no, 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 no. He didn't do that last year, year though. Yeah, he didn't year. do that last year. Yeah. He kind of kept the same kind of Correct. rotation he did in the regular season. Correct. Correct. So play Drew Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis all 40 minutes per game. Please, please. You have to. You <laughs> if you want to win, yes. If you yeah, if you want to win, you have to. <laughs> but but yeah, anyways, I, going going back, Henry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just I just think the Bucks just have. I mean, they. I mean, they honestly should not have lost last year, but I just, you know, the Heat's just outplayed them. Well, and Giannis and, was hurt, so yeah, and Giannis yeah. got injured. Yeah. But, so yeah. I just but think did, given, yeah, they yeah. did outplay him when he was yeah. healthy as well. Yeah. So I just feel like honestly, the because like if you look at the Heat squad now, I agree with Phil. The players they lost, I think, were not like out like eye eye popping, but they were benef. There were like key pieces contributing to their success mm-hmm. and when they left if you're gonna rely on freaking um tyler hero who is now the new james harden but worse going to strip clubs <laughs> and you just brought you you don't know he, this he's making haslam. music videos over there yeah. in Miami too. And, and, you, and you freaking bring out you don't know this haslam back out of retirement <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to pick fights with dwight howard i'm just like bro come on man he's the muscle of the team you know yeah I mean? but that, that that says so much you had no muscle you told you donuts to come back out of retirement to be the oh, like the man. instigator like that, you know, I didn't, a, yeah, I didn't like, realize oh, Karan Butler was on the coaching staff there either. I was like, what, what are you doing over there? I, yeah, <laughs> I just, it's just, I think a lot of people on the Heat outside of like Bam and Jimmy and Jimmy, mm-hmm. everybody has underperformed. Yeah. With that mm-hmm. said, there, Henry, I'm going to believe in both Jimmy and Bam to take and beat the Heat, I mean, the Bucks here in the series again. I'm not going to count those guys out, you know? And I think, especially with Spoll, he's a better coach than Budenhoser. So there's already an edge there as well. Yeah, I know not all the players have performed like they did last season in the, in the playoff run. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know. I, I don't want to bet against Jimmy and Bam. For some reason, like, I'm going to believe those two guys. I think they'll figure out a way to do it in the playoffs yet again. Um... I and another reason is, yeah, I think Budenholzer is gonna shit the bed again. Unfortunately, he's gonna shit the bed and he's gonna get fired. He's done. This is it. This is it. I right wouldn't. Here. I wouldn't this be surprised, Tim. You know? In all yeah, honesty, neither would I. Neither if, would I. On paper, right now, the Bucks should win. Correct. On paper, yes. But if correct. they shit the bed, it's because of Budenholzer <laughs> giving the yeah. last shot. And to I be just, I don't have any confidence. He hasn't shown it. He hasn't shown even the right. He just, it ha- he hasn't shown me anything where he's gonna change his ways. But that, but that, but but that is now negated. That Tyler Hero now 
is partying nonstop. <laughs> and and you bring you don't know this Haslam back out of retirement. Yeah, we'll, but, we'll but, see. I, I think but, it'll be a fun matchup. No, no, we'll it, it will be. But like yeah. to your point, I think honestly the Heat, if they were to upset, it's gonna be because Goran Dragic goes back to All Star Dragic, mm-hmm. and and I'm hoping if that's what Spo did because they they mm-hmm. like the same pl- game plan last year and this yeah. year. Right? Rest yep. the guy, yep. second unit. He's Correct. probably gonna start now. <laughs> so if if Dragic can at least go off and be like an eighty percent All Star Dragic, mm-hmm. then I think yeah, it's a it's 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 a good matchup. But yeah. I, I don't just, know about this year though, just because um, you have Drew Hall there, Holiday right. there, That's guarding right. him. Yeah, you know, I I don't see how Dragic can really yeah. go off for a full series against him. The, the, the one thing I do see, though, that the Heat can do is, and, and why I kind of don't like what the Bucks do, is just their roster construction in general, is that they they do a lot, they play with a lot of three-guard lineups, especially when Giannis plays at the five. Mm-hmm. So you have, like, a Drew Holiday, um, Dante DiVincenzo, and Pat Connaughton. Those guys are all six, six foot three or six foot four, uh-huh. right? Well, it's probably P.J. Um, Tucker. Playoffs. Oh yeah, PJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope they do that, and and they don't resort to this three guard lineup because mm-hmm. when that happens, there's just too many mismatches to be had. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you have a Jimmy Butler and a Bam Adebayo, uh, you know, with one of those guys on him, it's game over. Mm-hmm. The game plan is just make sure Duncan Robinson is guarding Giannis every 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 play. <laughs> just switch whatever switch you need to do. That should be the go to move, and have Giannis got get in the goddamn paint. Not try to check exactly not in the perimeter. <laughs> yeah. the perimeter. Literally, yeah. that should be. It the doesn't game matter plan. who's guarding. Yeah. Him. That's literally the game plan. Coach Bud, you hear us? That's the game plan. That's the game plan. Uh, One and two. All right. Well, with that said, let's go into this last uh, matchup. Here. Wait, this wait. So, my... who do you guys have for this series? You guys going, both have I'm Miami. Going the heats. I'm going the Heat. Okay. You said Phil uh, Bucks. Bucks. I think Henry I'm going Bucks. Bucks. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's recant. I think Clippers, Mavs. We all got Clippers, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And then. Blazers Nuggets. Um, I know Henry and I have the Blazers. Phil, who who are you going for that one? I I have the Blazers in seven. Got it. Got it. I, I I I can see that too. In yeah. seven. Uh, with that said, la- last game to preview here. This is my second favorite matchup here in the first yeah, round. Here, I with, agree with the Knicks and the Hawks. I think that's very entertaining. I, I just just what Tom Thibodeau has been able to do with this Knicks team has been incredible, and it's been so fun to watch how Julius Randle has improved. Like, I, I did not see this coming out of Julius Randle. Uh, but, hey, kudos to him. I love I mean, reuniting we, Derrick Rose with Tom We sort of saw it, but Kobe, 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 like, uh, Kobe <laughs> retirement tour was just like, a trash this guy. They are back in the playoffs for the first time since the 2012-13 season, guys. Um, I'm going to start with you, Phil. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like... It can go either way. Both the, the Hawks have been playing great under Nate McMillan once they fired their coach. Um, yeah, give me your, give me your give me your takes. Key key points here to victories for both teams here on this. Yeah, I mean, you showed a lot of love to the Knicks there, um, and and rightfully so because they've they've overperformed from I think what a lot of people thought. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you got to show a lot of love to Atlanta as well. Right. Like under right. Nate Mc, under Nate McMillan, yeah. um, you know. Atlanta's twenty five and eleven post All Star break. The Knicks are twenty two and thirteen post All Star break. Uh, both have similar net ratings, and yep. Atlanta has plus four four point two. Uh, New York has plus four point four. So, 
It's it's very impressive what yeah. both of these teams have done um, well, glad, over the second half Atlanta of the season. Kind of got things back in order because <clears> in the in the beginning, remember they were they're hot and then they just like shit the bed for a little bit. And yeah. I think all mm-hmm. of us had them slotted in that fifth seed uh, before our seeding prediction. So I think everything all worked out there for Atlanta. Great to see them have that success second half. Yeah, but I think <clears throat> not only was it the coaching change, but it was like a. a also a roster thing too because remember mm-hmm. they had a lot of guys out that's right that's right. you know they had gallo out rondo out um yeah. chris dunn out yeah. um bodanovich out so mm-hmm. correct and then they've correct. also had you know once those guys started coming back you had their young guys and cam reddish and hunter out yeah. so yeah. you know they've they've had definitely some some struggles this season in terms of keeping continuity Mm-hmm. Um, so I commend them for what they've been able to do the second half of the season, mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of getting back to, uh, the, in the playoff hunt. Well, they're, they're fifth now. So that, that, that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Sweet Lou in, in the mix going to Yeah. And Sweet Lou there now, and he's been really good for them as well. So it just adds that offensive punch off the bench, which I think they needed. Magic city. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I was just in Atlanta, uh, visiting my That's brother right. over the weekend. Um, and, and I asked my brother if he'd ever been to Magic City. Um, and, you know, obviously he was with his wife. So he was like, What's Magic no City? No comment. <laughs> he was like, What's Magic what? City? What is this Magic City you speak of? You should just ask him if he has some wings at Magic City. You know, exactly. Great I should have. You know yeah. I, mean? I, oh, I, I kind of. I kind of gave it away with my slyness there with the question, you know. <clears throat> Everyone yeah. was kind of curious what I was talking funny, about. Funny. Well, with that said, Phil, w- w- which team are you leading towards here for this 4-5 uh, matchup here? I feel like it's, it's, yeah, it can go it's, either way, really. It's so close. Yeah, it's so close. It's so close. So, you know, it's really interesting because I think it's like a clash of different styles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like to me, New York is like a, a blend of like '90s basketball in terms of of their grittiness uh, yeah. on the defensive end. Yeah. But then also you have like <clears throat> like new school guys like Julius Randle yeah. that didn't exist back then, right? <laughs> yeah. You have a guy that's a that's a four that's you know facilitating a lot, that's shooting threes, you know, step back jumpers. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, it's kind of like a, a cool blend that, that New York has between the old school and new school. But mm-hmm. then also Atlanta is very much of a modern uh, day basketball team. They're very, I would say they're a very balanced modern day team because mm-hmm. you have guys like Trey Young who, you know, are, you know, have a lot of the step back game, you know, you take a lot of volume threes. Um, and then you have your stretch fours and Danilo Gallinari and DeAndre Hunter. Um, so it's like, it's like the, it's kind of a clash of different styles of play and different eras. Um, so to me, I'm kind of leaning towards the Knicks right now. Okay. I was leaning towards Atlanta, um, kind of a few weeks ago and whatnot, but the more I thought about this and kind of broke it down, um, do the Knicks too have the, the season series in this, they they won all three games. Mm. Um, even though, you know, the only game after the All-Star break, um, it was only one game after the All-Star break and Gallo and Hunter were, were both out that game. But still, it's just kind of like when you look at, you know, how the, the styles kind of match up, I yeah. think that Atlanta isn't good enough off- offensively to outweigh how good New York is on the defensive end. 
And that's not to that's not to say that Atlanta's not good offensively. They are a good offensive team. Correct. It's just they're still kind of a little bit inexperienced there. Um and I think that New York, I think at the end of the day, especially against kind of like a younger team like this that that is, you know, kind of potent offensively, I think that defense, old school defense and defense and grittiness kind of wins out. Correct. Defense will always outweigh the offensive side of the ball, especially when it comes to playoffs. So definitely yeah. a well said there, Phil. Henry, give me your take here with uh, New York and Atlanta. There's definitely a lot of buzz. I heard that that ticket for Madison Square Garden over a thousand easily. I bet. Um, it's a hot ticket too, just because they haven't been there for almost a decade. But yeah, give me your take here on, on this series, man. Look, I, I, I am on the Julius Randle train. I, I, I wrote. I, I've been on it. Wait, them. so is it is it Juju for like Julius Randle or is it? <laughs> That's Juju. <a> <laughs> oh, I. Like the, everything you said, Tim, spot yeah. on. Um, like the Knicks, this Knicks team, honestly, like they've overperformed in every way For possible, sure. and that is a hey, testament to. I, I would have never guessed Julius Randle being the focal point of that franchise moving forward. Now, like I would uh, never have guessed that. In but it's like game. we saw that on the Lakers, but you know what I mean. It's we like, saw we glimpses, have, yeah, yeah. We saw, Don't but we never, wrong. we never gave him the keys because we we're just like, oh, he sucks on the defensive side, but. <laughs> But the Knicks did a smart ass thing. They put him in there with bigs to help out when he's kind of like inefficient on the defensive side. With Mitchell, well, I Robinson. think Julius has actually been pretty good on the defensive end this season. Like he's grown. He, he, he's yeah. grown. He's he's like he he doesn't take that many plays off anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, true. He, sure. He's he's it's all about accountability. I think yeah, on the and, Knicks, like yeah. he, and coaching, especially him. Yeah. Especially him that. being the focal point of that team, being that leader of the team. Yeah. I think he has more pressure Correct. Uh, with Tom yeah. Thibodeau kind of, you know, keeping guys in line and keeping yep. guys accountable. accountable. I think he yep. feels the the, the weight on his shoulders yeah. to kind of lead the team on that end as well. And he's been able to take on that pressure, which has been great. Phenomenal yeah. for, for him. So, yeah, dude, this is tough. I I honestly was going back and forth with this because I think all of us were. Yeah, it. I could see this potentially going the full seven games. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, easily, easily. It's tough. It's it's like it's like to it's like if you look at the Knicks to Phil's point. Yeah, defensively they're sound. They bought into Thibs. They 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 rotate and switch. Yep. Beautifully, and for the Hawks after they fired, you know. Pierce and they mm-hmm. Nate McMillan now is the head head coach. Like they've bought into his style, mm-hmm. and they have a healthy mix of veterans to help yep. them out. Yep. So, with all that said and done, what is it? Which is your pick, my friend? Uh, look, I'm gonna slightly edge the Knicks mm. over the Hawks mm. because I'm gonna. It's not to downgrade Trey in any way. I honestly think when Nate McMillan took over, Trey's game morphed into something better. Mm. Not great, but better. Yeah. Because he was like that like Steph Curry mindset back in the day where it was like, I need to make like 15 threes no matter what. Like that was his mindset. Now his mindset is let me get in the paint. Let me get to the free throw line. Let I like because he like he has exponentially increased his free throw per, like shots per game yeah. under Nate. 
But my only concern now is I think because that has kind of covered up that whole, like, let me not take too many threes. I Mm -hmm. think his three point kind of deficiency now is going to hurt this team. Yeah, I think that's why they brought in Lou Williams to help him out. But I just, I, I think I, I like what he did with this game under Nate. I just think there needs to be that balance. And if he's not going to be able to drain at least like five to six threes, it's, I think this team is too old in terms of veterans and too slow to keep up with like the manual quickly's and, you know, even like the RJ Barrett's, I think, I just think the Knicks are just playing way too sound, solid, fast and together. All right. Well, I th- I think you know um, a clean sweep here. You know, I went back and forth as well, um, and it, it can go either way with Atlanta, and New York. But just that buzz that you're getting, you know, as as we mentioned many times, when New York is good, it's good for the NBA, right? And it's good to see have them back in the playoffs for our, you know, almost ten years now at this point. And I think. It's just been a phenomenal job of what Tom Thibodeau has been able to do with this team. And I'm just, you know, they overperformed, overexceeded expectations. Even if they lose in the first round, hey, they, they've, they've already won. They've already won this year with what they've been able to do uh, on the field. Um, so I, I am going to go with the Knicks as well here um, in this matchup. But this, it's, it's going to be fun. Trey Young and what they are going to be able to do. Uh, on 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 that side of the ball, offensively there, Knicks defensively, obviously that's Tom Thibodeau's, uh, you know, bread and butter, man. So he's he's gonna game plan uh, this series and see what what he can do. Uh, that's what, but that that's why Trey's gonna need to make his threes because <clears throat> that opens up so much <clears throat> for that team. <clears throat> because now you're gonna have to play close on him, but if he drives by you, he's gonna <clears throat> draw the foul, which he did. He never really did back in the day. But the problem is, I just don't know if his confidence from the three line is there. Because mm. I think he's so set now and like wanting to go to the rim. So if he if he puts that all together for both from the three and driving in, like, yeah, this team is going to be potent. So I just hope Trey steps up. I mean, from a stat wise, he steps up. But I'm just saying from a win win perspective, I hope that's what he does. Bill, you have something to say there? I feel like you have something in mind. Yeah, I mean, I do. It's <laughs> so he still shoots a lot of threes, you know. Like but he hasn't think, been making them, man. Yeah, I mean, but he wasn't making them before. It was just he—he he was shooting a lot more. Like yeah. he was shooting nine or ten a game last season, and when he averaged twenty-nine a game, and this season he's shooting six or seven. Which mm-hmm. I mean, it's—it's it's not. I—I I, I do feel like I agree with you. Like he should be taking a little bit more, um, but at the same time. If you're going to shoot like in the low to mid 30% on threes, then a better shot is for him to take it to the rim and then kick out to, you know, guys that are shooting over 40% from three, mm-hmm. right? Which is what he's doing now. I think yeah. that's just smart basketball. I think that's just better yeah. basketball. But he, yeah. he needs, but I, I think people compare him to Steph Curry just because like he had that similar play. Mm-hmm. I but think they're he, not. They're I know. Not. I think I, I force if he's going to become even better. He needs to kind of mimic like a Dame Lillard. Like that's who I see his path to trying to become. Because Dame is like, you have to respect him from the three. But 
he will freaking blow by you <laughs> and he's gonna get a free throws and he's gonna get shots so it's like i feel like he should make that mm. not like i think like that's why i'm nothing to take away from trey because i had him on fantasy and he he did well for me all season <laughs> minus the, the the month and a half where he was shit in the it's okay you be phil right so <laughs> exactly. just gotta put that in there you know for our listeners you know but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's what i'm yeah. saying like i think realistically the hawks as much as they have the talent it's honestly going to depend i think on how much trey is able to make that defensive side of the knicks have to play on him so but yeah i think uh yeah it should be it should be a great matchup here uh in the eastern conference um well with that said um obviously we are still determining the seventh and eighth seats um for both eastern and western conference we'll be having a part two for our playoff preview uh we'll be taping that on friday so we'll have that release on saturday for for all of our listeners so you guys will have that preview up and running shortly here um any parting words fellas i know we we talked a lot here today it's a lot that we had to get to but i'm excited man i'm excited for the playoffs sir it's finally here um believe in the portland blazers henry are, we, go- you are we going to st- are we going to oh, actually Obi Bears got them closed. We gotta go to Star Night. I don't know what that their TV is believe, not believe. Yeah, the, TV the TV game isn't as good. Not isn't as sure. good there. Yeah. But uh we gotta we gotta bring back the magic for the Lake yes. Show. Any parting words for our listeners, guys? Nah man, I think you said it best. Uh excited for the playoffs. So yeah. let's, let's get it going. Yeah. yeah. Henry, how about you, man? I got two. Tim, you told him my first one, man. I beat Phil in the play. I beat Phil for <laughs> third place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like yeah, I said yeah. to all the, the listeners out there, even if you're last and you get up there, you ain't gonna win anyways. <laughs> you can get you can get so far, but oh, at least I beat man. Phil. And then two, I really, 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 really hope. Mike Malone wins Coach of the Year. Mm. Like, right. my God, okay. come on, man! Okay. They're uh, third in the West. Their whole team is dead. <sighs> like, yes, you have the best player in the league right now, MVP. <laughs> but my God, like that's impressive, man! Mm. Your starting point guard is Composo, dude. Henry Campani for Mike Malone. Coach that's like me year. on steroids playing point guard. You heard it here, listeners. He is going for Mike like, Malone. Give that guy Coach of the Year, man. All right, that's impressive. well. For me, congratulations to the 2020 Hall of Fame class, Kobe Bryant, mm. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. Um, definitely kudos. It was weird. We I was very see. I was very confused why MJ was there. I thought he was speaking. I thought he was gonna speak. Yeah, I thought that I mean was Vanessa Vanessa. No, gave a, none of none of those guys yeah, speak. Should, like the presenters, they just walk him up there basically and sit like there Vanessa gave a there. great speech for Kobe. Yes, but yes. like I was just so confused because I thought MJ was gonna speak and then he just didn't say anything and I was like, wait, when's he is he done? Commercial <laughs> break? I was like, is he no, it's I was like, what the heck happened? Oh, okay, hold on. Quick before we go, who gave the best speech? Out of out of uh KG, Tim Duncan, and Vanessa. Well, obviously, I, I'm gonna just lean towards Vanessa. Just you know, big Kobe fan here, Lakers fan. Like, yeah. Obviously, it would have been great if we had Kobe live in person to give his speech. But you know, that I'm just gonna lean towards that. Hey, Laker Nation, baby. <laughs> Laker Nation. I'm going with Vanessa just because. Um, I mean, honestly, to have to speak on your husband's funeral. Mm-hmm. And and be that strong, Voice, yeah. And then a year later, you have to give now another speech in honor of his death for getting into Hall of Fame. Like that's pretty impressive. 
yeah no i think i think the i think the speech was good um the only thing with me is i can't really like feel her you know she has this kind of like this kind of layer there you where you don't know who she really is um but i mean regardless regardless it was still a good speech but when you have like five girls i think you're you're bulletproof (laughs) (laughs) yeah well the the speech that i liked was um the most was tim duncan's um I, I honestly think that why does he look a, like a Rasta Shaw guy like Bob Barley? I don't know. I don't know, like, I don't know that, what's going on. That's, that's, that's his. Yeah. New like he should have been doing that in yeah, his what, 20s what is going on? His, yeah, his he's 40s, like having a midlife but... crisis in his forties. <laughs> but honestly, that guy is a, a way better public speaker than I thought he he would be. <laughs> Dude, he's like the most articulate basketball player outside of like yeah. Pau Gasol. Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, another great episode playoff preview here. Excited for it. Uh, for all the listeners, definitely tune in. Um, we'll we'll have part two available um, Saturday morning before the playoff does start. Um, all right, fellas. Well, till till next time. Uh, we'll talk to you guys then, man. All right, peace, peace, peace. Thank you.